Hello everyone, good to see you. My name is Anke Mulman. Our website is cwowi.eu and it stands for Church Without Walls International. We are part of a, a worldwide network of, how, network of house churches. We are located in Europe, in the Netherlands. When you go to our website and you want to see some good teaching, sound teaching, the word and the spirit combined, go to our website. You'll find lots of articles in many different languages. Uh, and that's it actually. Go to our website cwowi.eu and if you are interested about house church, uh, you can always contact me or email us. Okay, thank you. Today, the message is quite uh, sobering and I think a very important message. And uh, well, it is about have you decided to follow Jesus? No turning back. Maybe you know that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. <clears throat> no turning back. Actually, from child on, that is one of my favorite songs. I always sung it and I believed it and I sung it with all my heart. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. But for many years, I did not know the story behind this song. And maybe you don't know it either. So I will tell you the story behind this song. Nearly 200 years ago, a revival took place in Wales, England. As a result of this revival, many missionaries were called on the foreign mission field. Many of those missionaries chose as their place of service to go to North India, a place that best can be described as savage. These tribes were famous for a group of men known as headhunters. As a sign of greatness in their tribes, they would take the head of the enemies, hang them on their walls. <clears throat> and it was in this tribe that those missionaries came, and obviously they were not welcomed by these tribes. But they knew they were called by God, so they continued to share their faith, and then finally reached out to one family who, who accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> this man, his wife and two sons, they were so contagious about Jesus that they would begin to lead other villages and other people from their tribe to Jesus. And the chief of the tribe got wind of their faith, so he called a meeting of the tribe and he captured his family, brought him before the tribe and he said to his family, renounce Jesus Christ as your savior or something bad is going to happen to you. We're going to kill your children. And the man who loved his children but knew he could not renounce Jesus Christ, so he said the words of this famous song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The archers pulled back the arrows and they shot dead his two sons. And as his sons lay there before him on the ground, dead, the chief of the tribe said, I will give you another chance. Renounce Christ or I'm going to kill your wife. The man looked down to his sons, looked at his wife whom he loved so much, his partner in life, but he, needed, he knew that he needed to acknowledge Jesus. And he said the second line of this famous song, Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. And the archers killed his wife. And now, with his two sons and his wife laying on the ground before him, the chief of the, of the, 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 chief of the tribe came before him and said, Renounce Jesus Christ, or this time we will kill you. And the man, realizing he had nothing left in this world, looked up at heaven and said the last lines of this song, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. And in anger, the tribal chief gave the order and the archers killed the man. And now, with the man, his two children and his wife dead, the chief stood before his family. He was speechless. He couldn't believe what he had just seen. And he realized through the faith of this man, 
God must be real. This Jesus, who this man was willing to die for, must be real. And on the spot, the chief accepted Jesus as a savior. And throughout the following week and month, the rest of the tribes began to accept Jesus as a savior. All because one man and his family were willing to stand up and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. Though no one goes with me, I'm still going to follow. The cross before me and the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Amazing, huh? And then it started me thinking, how can it be that so many who once decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, they did turn away from him. What happened? Why have they once decided to follow Jesus? What happened in their lives that they turned away from him? What were their motives to follow the Lord? Maybe they raised their hand because they didn't want to go to hell. Or maybe they want to follow Jesus because of what he did for them, that he would take them out of their misery or whatever. That reminded me of the crowd, what you can read about in John 6, where many people had followed the Lord because they saw the signs and the miracles and the healings. And then at a certain point, Jesus saw that they were hungry, so he fed them. It says 5,000 men. And there were uh, additional women, of course, and children. And then Jesus had to go to the other side of the lake. But the following day, the people were looking for him. Of course, we want Jesus. He is an amazing guy. And they finally found him on the other side of the sea. And they said to him, and then Jesus said to them, Well, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and you were filled. So actually he was saying, you follow me and you are looking for me because of what I can do for you, because I feed you, because when you're hungry, I'm there. And then the Lord talks about him being the real bread, the bread of life. And when you come to him, you will never hunger or thirst. And it says in verse 53, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. They didn't understand what he was talking about. And later on, he says, he who feeds on me will live because of me. And he who eats this bread will live forever. And at a certain point, they got offended of the Lord, at the Lord. And many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And Jesus turned to the twelve and he said, do you also want to go away? Isn't that amazing that we always have the choice to follow him or stay with him? He will never, when we want to abandon him and turn away from him, he will not say, no, don't do that. I am the, you're the source of your life. He will let you do whatever you decide. So he answered his disciples, do you also want to go away? And Peter, of course, he was the f first one to answer. And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal, eternal life. And we've come to believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wow. Did you come to Jesus at a certain point in your life because of what he will give you, because of the signs you saw in your life, or because of what he will do for you, or because you know he is Christ, he is the Son of God, and He is. if he is God, I want to live my life for him. When you go to your Bible, you look up Luke 14, it starts with verse 26, Jesus lays out the term of discipleship, not just a follower, but a disciple laying down your life for him. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And then he talks about the costs. Well, when you think, do I really have to hate? Well, that's a strong word here. But when you look it up in the Greek, it's the word miseo and it means loveless. 
So if you come to me and you do not love less your father and mother and wife and children, love them less than me. That's what Jesus is saying. He cannot be my disciple. And he quickly puts the end, puts to an end the idea that he offered some kind of welfare program. Counting the cost means we cannot follow him and the world's way at the same time. It means following him. We means, it means we could lose our relationship. We could lose our family, material things, or even our lives. It's not just about what we gain. Of course, eternal life, and that's wonderful. But in this life, we could also lose many things. Because it's about discipleship and following the Lord. And, and, and well, a lot of things more to say about that, but okay. And those who are f following Jesus simple for what they can get, they won't stick around when the, the going gets tough and when God's ways conflict your ways. And then in verse 33, Jesus ends his description of the cost of discipleship. And he says, so then, none of you can be my disciple who does not carefully consider the cost and then, for my sake, gave up all his possession. That's the amplified version. Well, giving up all your possession doesn't mean you have to sell everything, but it means it you let it go emotionally. It, do, it does not belong to you. And the Lord asks you to give it or to... Uh, it does not possess you. Uh, um, so, yeah, that's what I actually say. We let go of it so that what we possess no longer possesses us. Contrary, the rich young, uh, wrong, uh, the, rich, <laughs> the rich young ruler, I'm sorry, he was confronted with this choice to give up everything he had and he turned his back on Jesus because this possessions possessed him. When you go to Matthew 10, that's what the Lord also said about the cost of discipleship. Verse 37, he says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Taking your cross means what I've explained in the previous video, that you lay down your desires and your plans and for your life and so on. You crucify them and you follow the Lord. Otherwise, you are not worthy of him. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake, he will find it. Amazing, huh? That's the cost of discipleship. It made me think of, of, of my husband when he, um, at a certain point, when he uh, accepted the Lord, he opened up his heart to the Lord. He always wanted to be a teacher. But not long after that, he, he came to the conclusion, well, it was always my desire, but what is the Lord's desire for my life? So he wants our father. I always wanted to be a teacher, but it was my love. Do you have other plans for my life? And the Lord said, showed him in a vision that it was not to become a teacher and that he had other plans for him and actually to work in a bookshop. I've, I've shared it, I think, in a previous video. But okay, that's about giving up our lives, our desires and follow him, whatever he has for your life. Then I was thinking about Mark 4, the parable of the sower. In this parable, it says the sower sows, sows the word into the ground. The ground is our human heart. And depending on the condition of the soil of our heart, the seed or the word of God grows accordingly. And in verse 16 and 17, it says in the same way that which is sown on stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, rejoice, receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves and so endure for a time. And when affliction or persecution arise, for the word's sake, they stumble, they take offense and fall away. Well, affliction actually is the pressure of circumstances. Well, we all have the pressure 
of, circum, of circumstances, right? But when you have no root in yourself, learning to stand against the stress, stresses, against the pressures and the fears of life, the root, according to Ephesians 3, is that we are rooted and grounded in unconditional love, in acape love, knowing that we are loved by the Father, by the Lord, and we know that, that it is rooted deep inside our heart, no matter what comes against us, no matter what's going, uh, going around in the world, we can handle it. We know that we are loved. We know that he will take care of his own. Persecution, that's the opinion of other people. That can be that they talk bad about you, they gossip about you, or it can even be like in this song, in this story, what really happened, that you will be killed because of Jesus. That requires that you have a root in yourself to stand strong and not go with the crowd or whatever. Because most of the time we do care, right, what people think about us. But a person who has no root in themselves and when he deals with persecution, he can turn that opposition of others into hatred. He can hate others or into offense. And they stumble, I think, Lord, I'm following you. Why do I have to go through this hard time? Why do people abandon me when I follow you? And they take offense at the Lord and they stumble. Verse 18 and 19, it says, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in. They choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. It's interesting that it says they enter in. So at first the word was sown, but then the other seeds, the other, uh, uh, the thorns enter in. It was, it was the cares of this world. Well, yeah, there are a lot of cares nowadays when you go on the internet, right? They enter in, they can enter. When you listen to YouTube, different videos, even Christian videos, people, videos from people who say they love the Lord, but it can be a thorn. They can enter in and get you into fear and worry and so on. And the deceitfulness of riches. Maybe you think, oh, when I'm rich, then I am fine and I can handle myself. And the desire or the lust of other things, they enter in and they choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Well, when the soil is your heart and the word is sown there, it, re it requires work and it requires diligence that causes that seed to grow and develop. And we must watch over the seed of the word in our hearts. We must nourish it, make it a priority, care for it, watch it daily, picking out any damage in insects which represents demonic forces. We pluck out the weeds that choke off the word. Do all you can to nourish your spiritual life and to make sure that the seed of the word of God can grow and that you are rooted and grounded in unconditional love. Going back to the beginning of this video, when I said, uh, when I talked about, uh, do you, have you decided to follow Jesus? No turning back. And it might be that you uh, have to uh, lose your life. Maybe you think, I can never do that. I can never be so strong that I can say, okay, I will not renounce Jesus. That reminded me of Corrie ten Boom. Maybe you know her. Corrie ten Boom, she was a missionary. She came, um, she was captured by the Germans. She was in uh, in a camp for uh, some time, but released. And uh, she traveled the world to talk about Jesus. When she was a child, she once said to her dad, mm, Daddy, I'm afraid I will never be strong enough to be a Marty for Jesus Christ. And her father said, tell me, if you have to take the train from Harlem to Amsterdam, when do I give you the money for the train ticket? And Corey responded, you give me the money just before we board the train. 
Exactly, her dad said. Right now, you do not have the strength to be a martyr, but when you come face to face with death, for the sake of Jesus, he will give you all the strength you need at the right moments. That says it all. Have you decided to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. See you next time. Bye.